You're listening to the Brandon Bishop Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. What the hell? <laughs> you ever feel like you're pointed in the right direction and you work literally yourself to near death? And it seems like every time you put a brick on this wall, like five fall off. I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. I have a great life. But it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, I've been understanding. I've been tolerant. I've been patient to a point. When do you expect me to not break? And I'm not saying I'm getting ready to snap. This isn't like a, I'm going to jump off a bridge type of thing. It's nothing like that at all. All I'm saying is, I'm busting my ass and I would like a little something at this point to pay off. And and no, I'm not talking even financially. I'm just talking every single damn thing that I'm doing has just come with three, the old Paula Abdul song, two steps forward, three steps back or whatever opposites attract. There's a dancing cat in a video. I, let me give you some examples. Um, where do I even go? I have not done a podcast in about two and a half weeks because A, I was on the road. B, uh, I couldn't talk last week. As you can probably tell, my voice is a little off at the moment. And by the end of this hour, I'm sure that uh, it'll be back to being crappy again. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and start with this. I have COVID right now. Um. I didn't think I could get it. That's my ignorant thought. And if you hear a, a fan in the background, it's because there's a fan in the background. It's like 90 degrees. I'll deal with it if you deal with it. It's going to be fine. It's loud in my headphones, so I imagine it's loud in this microphone. It can pick up a mouse farting. Anyways, I have COVID. Uh, I found out in the worst possible way and um, because my kid has COVID. Little Brandon has COVID as well. Neither, neither one of us are dying at all. We're not going to be dying. We're not sick. We're not um, brutally incapacitated by any means. As you can probably tell, I was sick for about three days. <coughs> that is all I have left right there just because everything's clearing out, you know, and then when you're stuffed, your gross stuff is loosening up in your throat, it makes you cough once in a while. And I got a little bit of a yeah, that going on, and that's annoying, but it's going away. I'm cool. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Kid's fine. We're just tired. That's about it. Um, I've been very unmotivated. I've been very irritable because of my unmotivation and my tiredness and my lack of getting shit done. But he, here's, here's look, I took a trip to Chicago uh, to film with Women's Wrestling Army, Maria Canellis. Um, got to see Mike before. Whatever. Uh, Love those people. But I'm there to do a job. And I think I did. I was there for a few days. I think I did good the first couple days. And especially the first day of the event at Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago for the Women's Wrestling Army event. I think I did all right. And then I have this other thing, not the COVID thing, but I have this other thing that just once in a while, it usually happens about once every couple months, my body says, nope, not the Jordan Peele movie, but just nope in general like just says nope hands and legs just become inusable hey kitty cat you want to say anything okay good um and then your body just shuts down and all you want to do is sit i wasn't tired mentally at all it was just my body just said you know what and i'm not going to talk about what this is if i have to down the road and it i don't know what it is that's why i don't want to talk about it i don't want to be like oh i'm suffering from this nobody's a hundred percent sure and it's too early to tell. And I'm not freaking 
crazy proud of it by any means, and I'm not sitting here looking for sympathy. I'm just telling you, like that second day in Chicago, I don't think I did a good job. My attitude was bad, and I'm embarrassed about that. I didn't argue with anybody. I didn't cause a scene. I didn't even fail to do my job for the most part. I'm watching the footage now and editing it, and it's uh, good. <clears throat> but it's, um, I felt like shit. And I felt, when you feel like you're letting people down and you feel like you're doing a bad job, even though I don't think I did, it's just the worst for me personally. Because I'm out there, I'm being paid to do a job, and I want to do it to the best of my abilities every single time. I like this stuff. I have fun doing this stuff. But when you can't even hold your damn cell phone up and point it at things, and not let alone a 25-pound camera... You're just useless, and I hate feeling useless, and I felt useless on that second day. So that's one of the things where it's like, okay, we're doing something cool. We're being productive. We got this thing for a side TV. I'm getting hired by uh, Maria and Women's Wrestling Army, and everything's going good. And then it's like your body goes, no, it's not. And granted, the, the first day of the event, I walked almost 20 miles inside of a building carrying things up and down stairs, going crazy. So that's probably why the next day my body said, no, dude, no. <laughs> you literally did the work of 10 people and um, you're not going to do that today. But I tried. And by the end of the day, I felt fine. I actually drove to Detroit at the end of that day uh, overnight and saw my mom, which was great. And I got to hang out with them and uh, my mom and my mom's husband, Ron, and I loved them and we had a great time. And it was no sickness, no no COVID, thankfully. I didn't get anything on them, you know. Um, <clears throat> no, uh, you know, the tired bodiness, none of that stuff. None at all. Just ate a bunch of crap and gained 15 pounds, literally. And uh, when I got home, thankfully, I've lost over half of that already. Um, actually, most of that back is gone, thankfully. A lot of pooping and being sick actually probably helped. So anyways, I, uh, I have these little... Uh, that I get from Safeway, these little uh, self-tests for COVID. And I took one before the trip. I have like, I think I have like seven of them left. They give you like eight a month. Um, I took one before I went to the trip to Chicago, nothing. I took one, I kept like three of them in the van. Took one after Chicago between Detroit, nothing. Took one when I got home, nothing. And then I... I sing. Okay, this sounds really stupid. I sing a lot when I'm on the road in the van by myself. Even if there's somebody with me, I'll torture their ass. Who gives a shit? I sing a lot. Okay? I sing to the point where my throat is raw. So when I got home, and a couple days after I got home, and I was like, oh, well, this sucks. And then I felt I did the stupid thing because it's really hot outside, which is why I'm keeping the air on. Um... I fell asleep with the fan on me, and that's dumb. Don't do that, because you'll wake up, you'll have the dry boogers, the sore throat, and you'll feel like garbage uh, in the morning. Sometimes you get like this weird, like icy headache type of ice cream headache feeling. It's the worst. Um, but I did that uh, by accident, and uh, I slept without a sheet on, and my head was hurting, my throat was dry, and my balls were cold, really cold in the morning. They were just hanging out, like, boom, I sleep in the nude, now you know that, can't unknow that. Uh, you're welcome for the images. And I uh, just woke up feeling like crap. And that was the day that, uh, and I hadn't seen, I only seen one person uh, the entire time between getting home and seeing my son. And by the time he picked up, I was like, ugh, just feeling like crap and I figured it was I figured it was just you know the fan being on me and then the singing was why I had the sore throat because I've been a singer most of my life and I know what a sore throat from singing sounds like or feels like I, I know okay I just that's what it was <coughs> anyway there's gonna be a lot of those little coughing breaks I'm not gonna edit them out so deal with it uh, so I didn't think really much about him coming over and I figured you know what once a year, I get sick for about two or three days. That is it. And for the last two years, I've not really had that. So I figured, okay, well, maybe I'm just getting my little, you know, yearly three, two or three day cold, whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, shit. So I didn't hang all over my kid or anything, but we drove around a little bit. And then I remember I had a sneezing fit one time and I was 
doing it into my shirt. And I've always been a stickler about hand sanitizer, even before the pandemic. And I've always been, um, you know, big on just being not gross. Simple as that. Uh, did I think I needed to wear a mask or anything? No, I never even crossed my mind. Anyways. Uh, so this is just, and this is where it gets shittier. Um, so it's like 10 o'clock at night, a couple nights ago, a few nights ago. And, uh, my, uh, son, stepdad, his mom's husband, I'll say his name, Logan. He's a good guy. Uh, gives me a call and Logan and I, uh, we never really, I'm not saying we're, you know, best of friends or anything, but we never really caught talk that much. Um, it was always awkward. Uh, I think more on his end and I can understand that I totally can. And I know I'm getting off the subject, but I'll get back to it in a second. Uh, but he gave me a call about a week ago that really was unexpected and just really made my day. Um, cause I've always been the guy like every father's day, I'd be like happy father's day to him. Every mother's day, happy mother's day to him. They're good parents. They're good people. They work hard. They're very good role models in a different way than I am for my son and for his sister, Taylor. Um, <clears throat> I, I am grateful for the parenting relationship. I've said that a hundred times on this podcast that I'm very grateful for the co-parenting situation that we have. Me and his mom were meant to be his parents. I don't even know how that happened. There was no like sexual re- relations there. I don't even know. I, I, if it wasn't for like the positivity of him being my son, I, I, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just, it, it's, we were meant to be his parents and nothing more. And that's it. And that's great. We made an awesome kid, you know, and he's going to grow up and do cool things. I can't, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm just, I got the popcorn and I'm watching his life. Um, anyway, he called me up and just said a lot of great things that I didn't even know I needed to hear from him. So I'm very grateful for that phone call. I'm not going to dig too deep into it, but, um, it was nice to hear some of those things back, you know, and, uh, it just meant a lot. So anyways, uh, fast forward a week later and my kids in his room playing video games and I'm editing or doing whatever the hell I was doing. And I just see his name pop up on the phone again. And I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, we're talking and it, it was late. So I'm like, ah, it's never good. Like when you get an, a, a number that you don't get all the time, like showing up on your phone, like an example, when my guitar player and best friend of 21 years, Dave, his wife calls me at one in the morning. It's like, this ain't good. You know, like, <laughs> This is not going to be good. I don't, I don't want to answer the phone, but here we go. And it really wasn't to that level, but it was like, okay, maybe something came up and they, they need him to come home or, you know, whatever. Anyways, his, my, my son's uncle, Matt, passed away. And it's, I don't know how, it's none of my business. Uh, I haven't seen him in years. He was a good kid when I knew him. But they're a really tight-knit family over there. And, which I love that my son has that in his life because I have a mom and a daughter in Detroit, a grandson in Detroit, and here he's all that I have. That's it. That's my whole family. I got some cousins in Arizona, whatever. But as far as like people I can see on a, a weekly basis and I have them half time, he's it. That's all he, that's all I got. And it's not a sympathy. Woe is me thing. It's just the truth. And he's got a huge family on his mom's side, which, you know, I understand why that's, you know, probably the primary focus of his life is being on that side because he's got aunts and uncles and grandparents and they're all in town. He's got Logan and in his side of the family. And then it's huge, but they're all, and they're also really tightly knit. I don't know much about him anymore. I haven't known much about him since, well, 20 years ago. How long has it been? 2006 when I moved here with her. I'd, and we stayed together for about two of those years. And then, yeah, 2008 is when we broke up and we tried again, like briefly, but uh, it didn't work. And, you know, cool. But they lost somebody and, it, and literally, you know, out of nowhere, he's way younger than me, younger than his. Just, uh, younger than my kid's mom too I think he, he was like the younger brother 
<clears throat> I, and I, I, again, I don't know nothing much about him anymore, but he's not with us anymore. And, uh, and I, I, I'm not going to talk too much about it cause it's really not my place to be sharing this stuff. Um, and I apologize if, uh, I'm stepping out of bounds here by talking about it. Uh, it just sucks, but it's affecting me. And this is a podcast about my life. So, and it, it obviously affects my son in a crazy way. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I just, and, and, and again, this podcast, thank you for listening. It's cool, but it's really my therapy. I don't talk to anybody. Again, I just told you how big my family is. Uh, as far as friends that I have that I can go to, they're, they're there. But a lot of times they're coming to me for stuff. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's this microphone and just me rambling on. That's, that's the therapy. That's who I get to talk to. And if it helps anybody else out there that's going through stuff, then cool. If it makes things worse for you, then sorry. But, you know, again, this is for me, not you. Uh, but thank you for listening. Anyways, I just was contemplating how to tell my son that it is now officially the worst day of his life. Uh, for now, things are going to keep going. You know, we all lose everybody. So until we lose ourselves, but he's 14 going on 15. And this is the worst thing that's ever happened to my son. And I have to give him the news. Um, didn't have to, but wanted to. So I just told him, get dressed. We got to go. We're going to your grandparents' house. And in the in the van, I uh, just had to say, hey, man, um, you know, your Uncle Matt's not with us anymore. And watching his, you know, face kind of drain of blood and just deflate and it's not about me but that sucked you know and nobody wants to see your kids upset and and hurt and in any kind of pain psychological physical any kind of pain financial anything and that kid someday he'll realize how much his dad loves him someday I don't know if I, if any kid in the 14, 15 year old range knows even what love is. I don't think I even knew what love was until he popped out. So, yeah. It just sucks. And then I feel a hundred times worse because their family is dealing with literally the worst time in their life. It's the worst. And then, like, you know, he's over here, and he's fine when he comes over here, and when he leaves, he gets sick, and he tested positive for COVID, which I almost guarantee that I gave to him. Is it my fault? Yes and no. I, I Physically, yes, it is my fault. I got my kids sick, and it's probably going to spread to the rest of their family in the worst fucking time when they don't need this shit and it's my fault and I feel I I can't even describe how I feel about that did I get did I test myself yes did I do it several times during the trip and when I got home yes and sure enough I tested again after they told me he had it and I've got fucking COVID finally after two and a half years boom there it is Brandon we finally got you you're the last one, I think. <laughs> Maybe, probably not, but I feel terrible and I've apologized to them. I'll apologize to them again. <laughs> I've apologized to my kid. As soon as I started feeling sick, I should have just been like, dude, maybe don't come over. I don't know, man. Anyways, there's that. <laughs> what does that have to do with, you know, success and the fighting success? Uh, not much, but it doesn't help by any means. It's just kind of setting a ground for uh, a lot of just like, come on, like, really? <laughs> but there's other things. My cat's going to meow through this. So deal with the fan in the background, deal with the meowing cat, deal with my groggy voice, deal with my complaining about life, whatever. You click play. You can also click stop if you want to, but 
I'm going to keep going. So little things like chicken snake and chupacabra cow. Chicken snake and chupacabra cow. It's hard to say right now. Um, that's my my son and I's new book. Oh, yeah, it's done. It's on Amazon. Yeah, you can order it now. Yeah, we did this. It's on uh, uh, iBooks and all this. Yeah, get it, get it, get it. Yeah. And then I get the damn thing. I get a copy of it. I look at the online version. And it's missing three chapters. Great. Then I get a hold of the guy who's, you know, doing this with me. I like him. But damn, dude, you've been paid to do a job. Do the job. Don't tell me, oh, we're working on it. No, you tell me when it's going to be available. And, uh, yeah, that's just that, man. I'm sick of this kind of shit. Do what the fuck you're supposed to do. Everybody. My developer, Mike Moore, I love him to death. We were supposed to relaunch June 15th. What day is it right now? The goddamn network's not even working right now. You click on it and it goes right off. I'm pissed the fuck off about shit like this. Super Ultra Megacon, yeah. I spent. I went to the Denver Expo, Fan Expo with Leah. We passed out. I passed out 350 business cards to all these vendors, and we got a couple. <laughs> oh yeah, we're definitely gonna do it right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, let me click this little QR code. You made it so easy. This is so perfect. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so cheap. I can't wait to your event. Yeah. Everyone's got their thumb up their ass. This is the shit that I'm pissed off about. You got these big time celebrities that I'm working with, whether they're wrestlers or rock stars, whoever the fuck they think they are, and they sit on their ass. If I'm not that important to you, if this isn't what, if all this work that I'm doing isn't important to you, guess what? Don't fucking work with me. Don't say yes when you really mean, eh. Tired of you people. I'm tired. Not of you people listening. You're the greatest people in the world. Of course you are. You make no mistakes, just like me, right? Talking about everyone who's making my life unnecessarily difficult when you don't have to. Just do what the fuck you say you're going to fucking do. And I try not to cuss a lot, but right now, dude, I think I've earned the right to a couple of fucks. Everybody I work with right now, seriously, if you don't respect what we're doing, go away. And by respect, I mean contact me answer your fucking phone when i contact you or return the message or whatever it is that i'm contacting you on if you don't want to do future shows go away i have people that want to do your show if you don't appreciate the work that i put in and you think you're some super ass megastar where my time doesn't mean shit to you guess what go away because you are no longer that important to me i'm going to show you the same respect that i get in return i'm done with disrespect i don't need anybody I have 15 shows that have yet to be even shot and produced with 15 new people that really want to be a part of this. If you don't, then go away. I don't give a shit who you are. And this may be the COVID talking. No, it's not. This is just me being honest. This is me not being publicly or uh, politically correct. This is me not walking that, those eggshells on that fine line, trying not to upset anybody. I don't give a shit if I upset anybody. I don't. If you don't want to be a part of a side TV or anything else that I'm doing, if you cannot finish what you started, if you do not want to do what you say you're going to do and accomplish what you say you're going to accomplish when you say you're going to accomplish it, then go away. All you're doing is, I feel like I'm walking in a fucking inflatable pool full of super glue. That is how I feel at times. I'm just like, let's see if I can come up with a better metaphor than that. Maybe like, like a, like a deeper pool, like full of honey, like it's up to my neck. And while it's really sweet and tasty sometimes, and I'm like, wow, look at all this honey. This is cool. I'm not getting anywhere and I can't get out of it now. That's a much better metaphor. Yeah. 
And some people think I should just be grateful to get all that honey. Yeah, I am sometimes. Love the travel, love the adventure, love the stories that I get to tell, love most of the people that I work with. But I'm stuck right now, and it's not because of my own actions. It's because of other people that just can't do it, seem to pull off what they think they can pull off. Don't say yes when you really mean, I don't know. Just say, I don't know. And don't give me a timeline when you have no fucking idea when you think things are going to happen. Just say, I don't know. I'm working on it. And communicate, because this is my goddamn life. Do you fucking understand that? This is everything that I have is wrapped up in this little network. Everything, and it's paid my bills for eight fucking years, and I plan on having it pay for my entire family's bills for the next 25 to 30. And then however, whoever takes it from there, go on. This is all I've got, man. And you're fucking with me. You're fucking with me. And when you fuck with me, it makes me want to fuck with you. And you do not want me to fuck with you. And God, I'm getting pissed off right now. Because I'm realizing every time I fucking start running in a direction, someone builds a brick wall and goes, hey, get over that one. And then you get over that one. And then, oh, there's a bigger wall. Every time. Then I go in a different direction. Oh, look, a concrete wall. And then I finally see some sun on the horizon over there. And I'm just like, oh, there it is. There's no walls. There's no nothing. Start running as fast as I can. Oh, this is going good. We're going good. Fucking quicksand. Boom. Now I'm sinking in fucking honey again. I don't have that much time left, dude. I don't. I got 35 fucking years to live. Live if I'm lucky. And that's pushing me into the 80s. How, how, how many of us actually make those 80s? So you're looking at what? 20 years tops? I'm 49 this year. So yeah, 49, 59, 69. Then I'm almost 70 in 20 years. How did this even happen? It doesn't feel like it. I can still go, you know? So I got, what, 15 good fucking years to make this thing work, to leave a legacy, to leave a financial foundation for my family for generations. To pass down this generational legacy, fucking business, whatever. It's all I got, man. 15 years. I've already been doing it for eight. And you're going to waste minutes, weeks, months of my time. Dare I say years? You're going to waste my time? You think your time on this planet's more important? I don't give a shit what you've done. It's not. You're not more important than me. And I'm not more important than you. We should be working together to make sure that these light next 15 years of our lives are very fruitful. I look at some of you and I go, I could do your job in a fucking day. I could do everything that you do that you've promised me for months and months, dare I say years again, I could do your job if I knew how to do it in a day because I'm just that committed and I get shit done. I look at what I do in a day, even with COVID, even when I was sick as shit a couple days ago, even with, you know, being a halftime dad and doing 15 different things. I got a Comic-Con coming up. I got books. I got all this fucking shit going on. And I still accomplish more in a day than anybody else that I know. Anybody. Maybe it's just because I see everything that I do and I don't see everything that you do. But there's very few people on this planet that I know personally <laughs> that I do more than I do in a day. I don't know. I'm not bragging. I'm just pointing it out, man. I'm busting my ass because I know that the lights go out in probably less than 30 years, maybe 35. In that time frame, the lights are going out. There's no more Brandon. There's only what I have to leave behind. And I'm not so... uh like self-centered to where I have to have some big shrine and all this stuff. It's not about me. It's about what I leave behind for my son, my daughter, my grandson, whatever family members seem to creep into the, the fold by then. If a side TV, I mean, I'm sure the inventor of Fox and 
uh, Fox. I don't know why I said Fox, fuck Fox, but like the person who brought you ABC, NBC, and CBS, I'm sure they're dead, long, and gone, and look what they've left. I'm sure the Netflix will be around for 100 years, maybe. Who knows? But I would like this and these stories that we're telling in this format to at least succeed enough to where people can go, yeah, Brandon did a good job. Took care of his family. Took care of those he loved. Sold it all and, you know, let's make a movie about it. I don't fucking, I'm just... Is that self-centered? Is that my ego? Or is that just me trying to be a damn good person and leave some kind of legacy, dude? We're all going to be dissolved into the earth and eaten by worms or whatever. And it's, it's a big cycle of life. I listen to a lot of Neil Tyson DeGrasse. Um, basically just quoting him. But as you get older and you get smarter and you get more experience and you gain actual life wisdom, you start realizing this stuff. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, don't worry, I'll be with Jesus in heaven and we'll look down on my family. And Come on, where are we right now? Stop. And if you're offended by that, just turn it off, okay? This is me. It's the Brandon Bishop Podcast. Again, it has a big old square that you can hit. You hit it and you'll never hear my voice again. Unsubscribe, go away, I don't give a shit. I'm just grumpy ass branded today because I'm being real with a lot of different people and if you're listening to this and you think I'm talking about you, you're probably right. How, how long? How long until I say fuck it And if I do say fuck it, as in fuck it, then what? What do I do? I'm I'm too entrenched. I can't be a singer full time anymore. I don't think I have that in me anymore. I'm definitely not going to go back to being a pro wrestling guy or a pro promoter or definitely not in a ring full time anymore. No, it's only two things I've ever done. What am I going to do? Join the army again? No, can't do that. What's left? Just do YouTube videos for people? I could do that. That's easy. My problem is I have a lot of goals, man. Like the books. Books fucked up. I have no idea when it's coming back out. I have another book that I've already paid for to get done. They don't even have a printer yet for that one. (laughs) Just do what the hell you say you're going to do or tell me you can't. Seems so simple to me. I want anybody that's listening to this or anybody who's ever known me in my life to come up with one example where I did not do what the hell I said I was going to do. I did not come through to the best of my abilities on any promises ever made. I want anybody, anybody to come up with one example. You can't. And if you can, I'd be shocked. I'd be like, oh, but maybe I didn't even know about that one. I could give a thousand examples of people that have not honored their word, that have not done what they said they were going to do. I can probably give 50 that are happening right now. And I I love some of these people. I adore them. I do. (laughs) Well, here's a little tough love for you. You know? There's something special going on right here with Aside TV, with all of this stuff. I haven't even talked about the 29 Club, which is next year's project. Not even really talking too much about the Super Ultra Megacon, which is at the end of this year. Something special going on here, and everybody wants to be a part of it, but nobody wants to do the work. Which makes me go, okay, well, fuck you, I'll do it myself. Like I've done everything else in my life, I will do it myself. And you know what? It'll be good or great. Hopefully, great, but good is acceptable. 
I'll even say fair. <laughs> so yeah, COVID. <laughs> I finally got the COVID. But I feel really good right now. I, I got a coffee in me. I'm butt naked doing my podcast. I can talk again. This is great. I mean, I could always talk, but it was always like, hey, yeah, we're talking, talking like an old man, huh? <coughs> yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm just irritated at a lot of people, as you can tell. Vince McMahon just retired. I know I'm taking a sharp right here, but here, here's, I'm not upset at a 77-year-old man for retiring. Um, and here's the thing. I work with a lot of people that despise him for things that they've done to them personally. Vince McMahon, I've only been in the vicinity of the man twice. Walked by him one time in the hallway, and you feel that rush of like, holy crap, that's Vince McMahon. And then uh, another time in the hallway, both different shows backstage at Raw or SmackDown, whatever it was, and he was dancing around for some family and being animated and everything. And I look back on the 48 plus years that I've lived here on Earth, and I'm when I heard that he was retiring, I tried to min- minus WWE, WWF, Vince McMahon, all of that from my life and I was left with a life that wasn't nearly as good so I'm sorry to my friends who have been hurt by him and fired by him and I get that I'm with you that's bullshit I hate it Uh, you deserve better it's business whatever it's not my business Uh, I get it I, I side with the people if he was a womanizing asshole and you know Whatever. I don't know what happened. Nobody does except for the people involved. So I can't really speak on it. I'm not going to hate somebody I've idolized my entire life because of something that I've heard on a dirt sheet or a YouTube video. I'm sure there's worse things that I don't know. But what I do know is the influence that this wrestling thing has had on my life and who's the head of it. Since I was a child, man, five years old is when I discovered the WWWF. And, you know, <laughs> to this, I watched SmackDown yesterday. So take away all of that. Take away all the wrestling, my 20-year wrestling career, all the people that I still work with today. Take away all of that which in turn would probably take away everything else that I love in my life. A side TV, my son, I met his mom at a wrestling show, uh, one of my wrestling shows, all the friends that I made from a 20, what, I started in 2000, 22 years of being in and around the wrestling business. All the friends and family, man. How about this? How about, I could name 10 Families that started, some of them are still not together, but, and they have children, they have lives together because they met at an ACW event, Asylum Championship Wrestling, to include, again, my son. So if I wasn't that little five year old watching a black and white TV, watching All Star Wrestling, and I never discovered it, and then Vince McMahon didn't take over the world in the 80s, in the mid-80s, and I didn't fall in love with Hulk Hogan, and I didn't collect the WWF LJN action figures, which I still have in a plastic tub in my closet. If, none of that happens. I didn't go to all these events. I didn't go to WrestleMania three. I didn't f- just absolutely, for my entire life, watch Raw and SmackDown and everything else that I've watched. None of that ever happens. I never meet those people. I never have that common ground with anybody. What do I have? I have, a, I have a life that's probably... I would have, what? Maybe joined the military earlier? Maybe worked at Ford's? Like my stepdad did? And like my mom's husband does? And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Trust me, these are great careers. But I'm an entertainer. That's not in my blood. That's not in my DNA. I would have had just, you know, wife and some kids. And maybe that would have been great because I didn't know any better. 
But I'm looking back at all this. It, here's the thing. If it wasn't for wrestling, there would have been, if it wasn't for Vince McMahon, I never would have had any of that stuff. A side TV would not be a thing. I almost guarantee it. Yes, I've always wanted to be a TV guy. I used to come up with my own ideas for shows and make schedules, and I used to make my own TV guide and everything. I used to always do that stuff, and it was fun. And maybe this would have creaked out of that somehow. But it was wrestling that introduced me to Roku. It was Roku that let me know that I could do my own network. I didn't know what a Roku was. That's why I get a lot. Sometimes I get people going, what's an Asai TV? You should change your name. What's an Asai? It sounds like assy. Yeah. You're dumb if you pronounce that assy. There's two S's in ass. Like, don't be stupid. But what's a Roku? What's a Hulu? Like, what's... Come on. Like, it's a thing, okay? I own it. Whatever. It's half of the word asylum, but asylum was too dark. Do you understand? <coughs> I actually thought of an acronym for it, All Story TV. I like that. ASY, All Story. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect initialation, but is that what it is? Initialation? It's not the perfect initials, but whatever, it makes sense. And that's what we do, All Stories. So, um, so yeah, Vince McMahon's retiring, and uh, you know, it's going to get interesting for all us wrestling fans and We'll see where it goes from here. Let's talk about something positive. I've got about 20 minutes left. Um, this trip to Chicago was not only I got to go to the you know Chicago and see some big rats. And <laughs> uh, that was interesting, just flying out of the trash cans. I was worried about my van the whole time because a lot of break-ins in that area. Thankfully, nothing happened, so that's good. Um, Got to hang out with the Bennetts a little bit at their house. Uh, I love Mike Bennett. I know he's a busy guy. I wish we were closer. We were we were there for a little bit. Um, I am not that guy who's going to keep texting. And I don't. You know, if you got time, you got time. It's whatever. Um, but I love that whole family. I do, uh, especially those kids. Uh, little Freddie Moon is just. If you knew Freddie Bennett, their daughter. To know that kid is to absolutely adore that kid. She is the just ab- abundance of personality and just so much fun. And she'll flip on you on a dime and keeps you on your toes. And you could you could offer her like a hundred dollar bill and she'd be like, "I don't want that." And like, what? <laughs> like, I bought him this pinata because I thought it would be funny to make a big mess in their house while they're trying to do this wrestling show. And that's just my sense of humor. Um, and none of them, like neither one of the kids wanted anything to do with it. So it was just like, uh, it's full of candy. Like, what do you do? They didn't want to hurt the, the pinata shark that I got. And I, I love them for that. But anyway, uh, I adore those kids. They're going to be superstars. Absolutely. They're going to do bigger, better things than either one of their parents have done. And they're doing big things too. So I already told you about the shows in Chicago, the wrestling, uh, women's wrestling army is just next level. Um, the competitors are unbelievable. If you don't follow Women's Wrestling Army, you're crazy if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, it's better than anything you'll see on TV anywhere as far as the actual match quality. Um, I may have overstepped my bounds a little bit, and I kind of apologize about that because I'm really trying to bring... I was in charge of shooting backstage vignettes and different things like that. And I'm really trying to bring out like a different type of element instead of I'm so-and-so and I'm going to fight so-and-so and you know what about so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. That, that shit bores me to death. They have a great production crew I and mean, these guys are better than me. And as far as their, um, TV production and everything, really good people. Dave, um, David, I forgot his last name. I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, that kid's, that guy's awesome. Uh, we got to meet him in Chicago. We, work together and he actually helped me out a lot when my body said nope um i think that's just what i'm going to call it from now on whenever if it ever happens again hopefully it doesn't but it's just my nope my, my body is saying nope um but that guy's great uh does some incredible work i'm hoping i gave him enough to work with anyway um what i really wanted to say though is i drove overnight to detroit had a great time with my mom we um i'm got i got my mom on board of the trying new things train. Um, basically when I go to a city, 
I'm not allowed to eat at any place that I could go at home. Why would I? That makes no sense. And when I'm at home, I can only eat local now, unless it's an emergency or just my kid wants something Burger King or crap. He loves Burger King. Um, so yeah, it's, it's loose rules, but it's, it's still rules. And, uh, we've done a lot in Detroit. We have our little hot spots, our cool little antique stores that my mom and I like, the restaurants that we like. You know, we go to Sammy Cecina's in Woodhaven for meatballs and, you know, different things like that. But I really think I cracked the, the code to getting her to try new things. We stopped at new taco shops, new ice cream places. This is why I gained all this weight. Um, but just trying new things. I made her some beef jerky and she loved it. And I'm like, wow, okay. She's like, that's the best thing I've ever had in my life. I'm like, that's awesome. Um, had a really exceptionally good time with my mom. I wish we could do more. I wish we could be on the road doing a show about antique stores because um, that's what I really wanted to talk about was I found so many cool places. Uh, we, I, in, on the way to Iowa, uh, I'm sorry, in Iowa, on the way to um, the Bennett's house, I stopped at a place called Walnut, Iowa. Walnut, Iowa, America's antique city. And they got this whole brick road of just antique stores and cool shops. And there's a, a place there called, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I got his card. I could look it up, but I don't want to. Um, it was just one cool place after another. And I fell in love with that place. I wanted to go back. It, they, everything just closed when I got there. Uh, thankfully, this uh, this place, which I'm, damn it, it's a cool name, too. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It's going to drive me crazy. Anyway, um, really cool place. All 80s toys and games and stuff like that and, uh, like, electronics from the 80s. And it, we had a good time. The owner of that place is great, and I'm pissed that I forgot the name of the place. There's another toy store across the street. That's the only thing that were open, even the restaurants. Everything was closed. Uh, so I tried to go there on the way back, but I missed it again uh, because I decided to stop at another place uh, called Amana Colonies again in Iowa. I did not know that Iowa was this freaking cool. I had no idea. Um, the Amana Colonies is like seven colonies. They've been there since the 1800s. Uh, the main uh, Amana, there's Amana North, South, Central. They're everywhere. Um, but the main Amana colony is just restaurants and shops. And it's like, this, it's like if you've ever been to Greenfield Village in uh, Detroit, in Henry Ford Museum, it's like this whole village. I've been going there my entire life. I uh, went there just a year and a half ago with the kid. I used to love that place. It's kind of lame now, but I used to love that place. Uh, it's like that, but it's an operating existing town. They don't even have cops there. It's crazy. So... <clears throat> I was, um, I just stopped on a whim, like, oh, what is this? And the place blew me away. Uh, I spent a little bit of money and just on, you know, little souvenirs and signs and stickers and things that I do, a little, little ice cream here, you know, little sweets. And, um, I fell in love with that place to the point where I was considering like, okay, I could buy a house here and just live. This place is so cool. I mean, the other colonies are just kind of like houses and stuff. There's a few things, museums and bakeries and things in there, but not really. There's a berry picking farm that it was closed as well. And I just fell in love with that little place. Uh, it's so beautiful. And I can't wait to go back. I didn't eat anything there. I just, I saved other things to do for the next time. I, Cause I'm going to be going back and through there all the time so I saved some stuff but I found so many not just that and I'm editing these Asai TV live shows for the YouTube channel I'm having computer issues right now to the point where I want to punch it uh, but those are coming soon and I just found so many cool places and this, this was the epitome of the van life that I've been wanting to live just stop just look just do it just go because you'll never know where you're going to end up and that's my motto. And I had so much fun. I walked around for hours. Uh, I did all the little touristy stuff. And I just, uh, I can't wait to go back. It's kind of like when I went to Quartzsite in uh, Arizona. I can't wait to go back there. Um, I have all these little hot spots now. And I love that. It's just showing me that I'm doing this van life thing right when I get to do it. And in a couple years, hopefully sooner than later, that's going to be what my full-time existence. Well, no, I'm having the only troubles that I have with van life are 
literally environmental problems. Not I enjoy the environments that I stay in. I'm not worried about that. I'm talking about heating and cooling. Because in the winter, I have nearly been a popsicle. And there was nothing I could do about it except for turn on that engine and waste gas, which is fine. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, but that's not safe either. There's carbon monoxide. There's all kinds of stuff. I'm in a minivan right now. I'm not in a full-size you know, sprinter van with a kitchen and a bathroom and air conditioning. And all. No, I'm not in there. There's been times on this last trip where I woke up just like, oh, did I almost die? Like, this is crazy because, you know, at night it's not terribly hot. It's a little sweaty, but you got fans on you and they're blowing. And then in the morning, the batteries for the fans are dead and the jackery's dead. And it's you got thermals in the window to block out the sun and people peering in and stuff. And you wake up like, oh, it's crazy. Like, I need to get some kind of a thermometer. I don't even know if this exists. Let me know if it does. Um, in the comments or wherever to find me. Um, I need like a thermometer that says like, like an alarm goes off if it gets to like 85 or something and it's just too freaking hot to live inside this thing. Because in the morning, because you know, sometimes I'll sleep, go to sleep at like four in the morning after driving for hours and, and I'll just go to sleep and it's a nice little 65 degrees out and you put your head down and you know, you fall asleep and then five hours later it's nine or ten in the morning and you're like and the sun's been beating on the van for like two hours and it's like oh gee i'm going to die i'm worried about that i'm like like literally worried about that and you can't really keep the windows down because of security and because of just noise and creepers and um i don't want to shoot anybody or i don't even want to pepper spray or tase anybody i will if i have to but i don't want to um Anyways, it's just uh, I have to find some kind of an affordable air conditioner to travel in the summer and some kind of good heater that I don't have to plug into a wall besides the ones at the van because I don't want to destroy this van, dude. I, I need it for a couple more years and then uh, before we get the big van. But anyways, I had a great time on this trip, though, besides just weather <laughs> you know and the weather was great it's just like chicago though was like so humid like crazy freaking human humid and i got to park in the bennett's driveway but even with the windows down and the bug screens up I, I just couldn't even breathe in the morning i was like this is so bad and all of these things now that i'm thinking about it like overworking myself and in, in crazy heat in a 200 year old building or however old this thing was uh <coughs> All of that in the crazy humidity and dripping sweat and then not sleeping well because of the heat. It's probably why my body said nope, to be honest with you. All of these things are kind of adding up. Anyway, other than that, though, I had a really exceptionally good time uh, just doing the van life thing and filming with the Bennett's. And I don't have another trip, though, until the next one with uh, Women's Wrestling Army and the Bennett's down to Orlando, which I'm really looking forward to this uh, trip in September. I'm hoping nothing happens to it. Either way, I'm going to go. We're doing uh, Women's Wrestling Army in Orlando and I believe in Tampa, Um, So, which means I can knock out more episodes with Eva Lise, maybe get Chelsea Green while we're down there to get started on that beach show, uh, swimsuit show, whatever we're doing. Uh, bad people, bad places, bad things with Ryzen, Ayana Cruz with Too Sweet, um, Scavenger Hunt with Aeon Cruz. Uh, we, we, we do stuff in Florida, okay? Um, I had other friends that I would normally go see that I, uh, not really talking to anymore. <laughs> okay, listen. My friend, I'm not going to say her name, starts with an L. We've had this on and off again relationship for nearly eight years. I see it's been over eight years. And it was always unspoken. I'm going off in a different direction. Anyways, had fun at van life. <laughs> but I've seen her a couple times in the last year and it was different. And, you know, I will always adore this person. I always will. But it was just different. And I, I kind of, I don't know. But then, you know, on the phone and in messages, they say different things. 
like, uh, you know, the I love you stuff and the blah, 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 blah. And it's like your brain starts going, okay. I mean, there's so many red flags with this person. Like, literally, there's more red flags than there are red hats at a freaking Trump rally. Uh, (laughs) Which are also red flags, by the way. But it was just one of those things where we, we shared a couple of the greatest moments ever. Way back in the day at this point. We're talking over five years ago. And, you know, some things you just leave in the past. That's a lesson that I've learned. Sometimes you just have to leave emotions, no matter what, you know, that person is telling you, just leave things in the past. And there's, there's a reason I've been single for a very long time, because I keep certain doors open. That was one of them. And out of nowhere, this person gets married to somebody that they've known, I guess for a while, but came back into their life just recently and boom, she's married. Didn't talk to me. Didn't say anything to me for like a month or a couple of weeks up before that. Actually, no, it was a couple of weeks before that. We were talking about us stuff. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, she gets married to some guy. I don't know. Cool. Half of me was so relieved that... I am out of this picture now. This is closed. Good. Stay married. Never get divorced. Never break up and call me like everybody fucking does. And this shit drives me crazy. Just go. Okay, this is done. I can breathe. I don't have to be under this cloud anymore. This is cool. Awesome. And the other half of me was like, you know what? (laughs) There's a reason I stayed under that cloud willingly for a long time. And fuck you. (laughs) You know? I don't know. I don't get hurt. And I'm not hurt by this. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm bullshitting you. But I I don't feel like I'm hurt. I'm more confused and just like, ugh. Like, don't say these things. do, Do people just like hearing themselves talk? Do people just like hearing themselves say nice things and promises that they're going to make and deadlines they're going to meet? Do people just like hearing themselves say that? Oh, yeah, we're going to get this done. Oh, yeah, someday we're going to be together. Oh, yeah, we're going to do all this because I'm done listening to everybody. I don't believe a fucking word that comes out of anybody's mouth outside of my mom at this point. Seriously. I'm done listening and trusting people. I'm done with, you know... (laughs) I get more smoke blown up my ass than a freaking chimney when the Pope dies. I'm done listening. I'm done accepting the smoke. I got to go back to my core beliefs of how I judge people. Character, action, and skill, and that's it. And when I look back at this person in Florida that I would have gone and seen again, the character has always been flaky. The skill I've never seen The actions are long gone, and so are we. Sorry if that bothers you. I'm actually pleased at how little it bothers me. So, good decision by me. Um, Enjoy your marriage. I hope it's everything you were hoping it would be. I truly wish you the best. I mean that. Um, I've moved on as well. So, I have uh, interests that have popped up. Since this uh, news, (laughs) I'm not going to talk about it because it's none of your business yet. It may become part of this, but who knows? I don't know. I'm, uh, again, as excited as I can be, I can also be way too realistic and grounded, and I'm a little of all. Um, Everything's exciting in the beginning, then you start seeing cracks in the pavement. It's like any city you go to. Oh, it's beautiful until you see the cracks in the pavement. There's always cracks in the pavement. It's how big those cracks are and how much I enjoy putting my wiener in those cracks. I'm kidding. Oh, my God, Brandon, you're such a douche. (coughs) Anyways, I got 40 seconds left. Thank you for listening to the Brandon Bishop podcast. Please, um, if Asai TV is working on your Roku, Apple TV, or Amazon Fire Stick, I know it's working at AsaiTV.com. Check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff there. It's about to blow up. If that shit ever gets done, uh, if these books ever get fixed, they'll be out. You know what? I'm not going to pitch shit. Watch the Asai TV life on YouTube because I handle that, and I know it's going to get done. 
So um, once everything gets up and running, I will uh, start pitching that stuff and praising the people who made it happen. But until then, uh, get your head out of your ass because uh, you're fucking with my life. All right. Love you guys. Take care. Don't smoke and uh, get tested for COVID because that shit's still out there. And I just breathe on all of you. So you probably got it.